0: but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Are okay, you there? I'm here. Let me see if I get the indicators.
1: Okay. Uh, that diff- T- testing, two, three, four, testing.
0: Yeah, I, I'm looking for the signs, though. Um, just a second. Okay. okay. Um, Let me see if I got a temporary file here. Um. Okay, and let me go back and do it again. Okay, we're good. So let me time up here the timing. Yeah, I'm I'm out of my element now because I don't do it this way anymore.
1: Okay. Well, we can do this next time.
0: Okay. And. Okay, we'll go in ten seconds, so I have an even minute.
1: Okay, let's do it. I
0: will go in five, four, three, two, one. Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of the Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we have an old familiar favorite back on the show today, and we're going to talk about a variety of topics, because uh, there is so much going on. But that old familiar friend is uh, Dr. Ted Brewer of Health Masters, and uh, he has a great show. He'll be telling you all about it. We happen to share uh, the same network, uh, one of the three networks we're on, uh, Ted show is also on there and uh, we'll get into that with him but uh, ladies and gentlemen we are really up against it right now, and it's all hands on deck. Uh, you know my feeling. As soon as they put in CBDC, start congregating us by force into these smart cities, it's game over. Uh, the only option then will be Civil War, and I don't think any of us wants to see that, except for the globalists. They'd love to have Civil War. Ted, welcome to the show, my friend. Glad you could join us. Um, it, I just, I, I, I want to talk to you first of all, Ted, about uh, the American woman. And I don't want to generally no. stereotype. <laughs> Reminds me of that song from the 60s. And, American the, woman. Yeah, stay away from me, American woman. Go on, let me be. Anyway, um, the feminist movement is showing up. And uh there, this doesn't apply to all women, certainly. It doesn't apply to women who want careers. My wife is a very traditional Christian wife, but uh, she also was a top-level corporate executive. But she left to be a mom, and that's, I think, very telling today. Now, do I think you can balance both? Yeah. But it's the accompanying attitudes from the feminazi movement of the 60s and 70s that concerns me. That's to borrow a term from the late, great Rush Limbaugh. What do you think, Ted?
1: Well, you know, my, my wife died, you know, back in 22. So it, it's been a, been a while now since she's been gone. And I've been doing some dating, you know, here and there. And I've been shocked at the amount of uh, feminism that's crept in. Uh, the other day, this lady was on Line and she contacted me on one of the dating apps that I use. And the dating online, by the way, is just an absolute line. It's a, it's a landmine is what it is. It's a, it's a, it's a field full of landmines. And, and she basically told me and said on said, 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 said a little audio recording that she had that because women were more highly desirable than men, that women basically were responsible for doing the household chores and taking care of the children that the man should step in now and do the household chores and take care of the kids, and and that that basically feminism has given them a new freedom. Of course, I immediately deleted her because I didn't want to deal with any of that nonsense, and it's not that it's not true as far as women's household chores and all the things that they have to do, but it's also a very, very anti-biblical view, and she basically claimed to be a Christian on top of all that. And so it's mind-boggling to me that we have that situation going on. We have men... Who have absolutely zero interest in a monogamous relationship, zero interest in being with one woman, and they're constantly using dating apps to, you know, to change their girlfriend every week. And then women basically are using the dating app to change their boyfriend every week. And we've turned into a very liberal society, which is basically, how should I say, uh, not Christian. And so it's sad when I get involved in all of this stuff because you don't know what to do. And then I get onto the Christian dating apps and, uh, it's just, um, it's got its own set of worms, and I've, and I've gone, I've, I've gone out with a few girls from that, and they were crazier than the ones that weren't Christians. I, it's just, it's really? Looney Tunes. You, oh my gosh, Dave! I, I went out with this one Christian girl. I'll just tell a story. And so, um, we're, 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 did, we're at dinner. And we're talking, and then uh, she wanted to take a ride, you know, in my sports car. And I said, okay. And so I gave it a little bit of gas at about 20 miles an hour, not much. And she started screaming that she had whiplash. She had to go to the hospital.
0: <laughs>
1: no. I'm, this is oh. not, I'm not making this up. And she's, a, she's a beautiful woman. She starts screaming that she has whiplash. She has to go to the hospital. I've got to take her back to her car immediately. That She has to check herself into the medical facility there, in, you know, and uh, it was over there uh, in Claremont. And I, and I said, okay. So I took her back to her car, and she's like wailing, and you know the whole time. Oh, I can't believe you you gave the car gas. I can't believe this happened. I was doing 20 miles an hour, Dave, and I thought, wow, unbelievable. And so, uh, of course, I dropped her off and uh, immediately deleted and blocked her numbers. I said, kid, that's crazy. I'm not dealing with this crazy woman again. But that was one of the Christian ones, and then and so you you start dealing with these these different people on these different websites, and you start realizing why they're single. I'm going to repeat that. And I'm not picking on all women here. I started realizing why these women are single. It's a signal. Sing, single. And because my wife died. I'm, that's the reason I'm single. I was married for decades. And so we find out very quickly there's a reason that these girls are not in relationships that are mm-hmm. lasting. There's a reason that these guys that are single are not in relationships that are lasting. And I had one girl tell me, she said, well, I knew I would have to marry a widower. And I'm like. Okay. I said, really? She goes, yes. Yeah. She goes, all the good men are taken. And then she turned out being crazy.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: No, 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 no. Let me let me. I, I, how, let me.
0: how is it your fault that you're a widower, Ted? I don't get that.
1: Well, no, no, <laughs> no. It's not my fault that I'm a widower. But what they're saying is that there are no good men left to date unless they've been widowed because they were married before oh. and they were good men who, got, who had gotten married. Mm-hmm. And so this, this girl was interesting, and uh, I'm not going to give you any names here today. And so we were scheduled to go to the Florida State Miami football game a year ago, you know, after Thanksgiving. And so she calls me up that week and tells me she's got two gay friends of hers that she's going to go to Miami with the party for Thanksgiving and she's not going to go to the game with me after I already had the tickets. And so I told her, I said, well, if you're going to do this, then I'm not going to date you. And her response was, that's fine. And I'm like, "Okay, that was the end of that. That was the one who told me she had to wait for a widower. And then, then I started to realize that she was having, having issues, and I found out that she was, she was younger. She was an alcoholic, and she supposedly was sober. And oh, yeah, yeah. And you start finding out all of these crazy things, and that's, why, that's the reason why she had never been in a long relationship, because of the alcohol. And as you start seeing all this stuff, and the other thing, too, and I'm going to say something to the ladies and to guys right now. You know, alcohol is not your friend. I'm just going to be blunt here. Alcohol increases the risk of pancreatic cancer, liver cancer, cirrhosis of the liver, osteoporosis, breast cancer. And I've never heard anybody say that my life was a wreck. And then I started drinking and everything got better. And I'm going to tell you one more thing about the alcohol. If you drink just one ounce of alcohol a day, you decrease your body's ability to produce lipase but enormously by 50%, 60%. Lipase is the enzyme that burns body fats that stores it. And if you have, and it takes like three to four days to restore it. Alcohol is such a poison to the body that when the liver gets a shot of it, it has to stop producing all these enzymes. It has to metabolize the alcohol because it's so toxic. Otherwise, you end up with cirrhosis of the liver. And so the body stops producing lipase. And so these ladies and men, both, who decide to start drinking a glass of wine every night, they stop producing this lipase. So a huge portion of a stop, and they start gaining like a pound a month from the alcohol. And it's not necessarily the calories, it's the lipase. And so what happens after about 12 months, they're about 12 pounds heavier, which is not that big of a deal. But after about 100 months, okay, they're about 100 pounds heavier. And I've watched it over and over and over again. Last night, I talked to this girl online, and I had her on video chat, and she's sucking down this big glass of wine. And I told her, I said, you know, you're going to have to realize that this is going to make you gain weight. And she goes, I don't care. She goes, I like my wine. And I explained to her, what I just explained to the audience about the lipase, and she says, I don't care. And then she told me she was about 5'6", and she weighed about 170 pounds, which is, you know, very heavy. And that's not obese, obese but it's, it's definitely obese. And, and I thought to myself, wow. I said, here I am telling her what's going to happen. She admits it's going to happen, and she doesn't care it's going to happen because she likes her alcohol. People do not realize that about 10% of the population, Dave, when they start drinking, they become alcoholics because they're genetically predisposed to that. My mom had a real problem with alcohol. In fact, it ruined her marriage with my dad. Just a little personal trivia here for you guys. And what ended up happening is my mom had gone through severe PTSD from being in World War II in Germany, and she ended up basically self-medicating with alcohol. And it was sad. The whole thing was sad. And so when I saw what happened to her, I began to realize that, you know, there wasn't a lot I could do to help her. But she had to deal with this her whole life. She self-medicated with cigarettes and with alcohol and ruined her relationship and her marriage with my dad. So when I see all of this stuff with the alcohol, it throws a bunch of red flags to me. And including, it starts putting belly fat on you. You see all these really pretty girls and suddenly they got belly fat. You see all these really handsome guys and suddenly they got a beer gut or a belly fat. And it does that. So I'm not picking on women and I'm not picking on men. I'm picking on both sexes on this particular topic. Alcohol is not going to bring you happiness. Alcohol is not going to do anything but increase your risk of certain types of diseases. But now also I will say this. I had another lady contact me. She's younger, and she basically is absolutely frustrated because she said feminism has ruined her life, that she wanted to have children and be a wife, and now she realizes it stole that from her. And now she's too old to do all that. And the sad part is, how many women are like that? My daughter, who turned 21 this week, told me this week, she goes, you and mom set the bar. I said, what do you mean? She goes, you guys had literally a perfect marriage, and we all knew that. And you guys had such a good marriage, such a good relationship. It was amazing. And she goes, And I want what you had. She goes, I don't want to go out and work. She goes, Feminism has stolen the femininity out of women and what we had. We had it all. We were able to stay at home, raise the kids, make sure we had maintained the household, you know, take care of our husbands. We were part of a team with a husband and wife. And feminism destroyed that, Dad. She goes, I don't want that. She goes, I don't want to have to work. I want to have what you and mom had you know, when when the husband supports me, you know, and I'm able to have the children and run the household. And I said to her, I said, man, Savannah, that's crazy. She goes, Dad, she goes, the girls my age have had enough of feminism. We're sick of it. We don't want to deal with it anymore. You know, we don't want to go out and work nine to five or, you know, 60 hours or 70 hours or 80 hours a week to try to, you know, feed the lie. She goes, that's not of God. And I started thinking to myself, my goodness, you know, I guess I did a pretty good job raising her, me and Sharon. Because you know they did, she did see the, the, that we were able to have this incredibly good marriage and incredibly good life, and Sharon never worked. And when I started dating her, she never had another job. She'd help me with the business. She'd help me write cookbooks. She'd help me you know do stuff with skincare. You know she would do whatever she needed to do. She 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 wrote like eight books, including seven cookbooks. You know she was a world martial arts champion. She won the U.S. Open in weapons, first place trophy, six foot trophy. Still have it in the in the, in the, in the garage. And she was an amazing woman. And she was she was an alpha female, but she chose her role to basically be at the home and work in the home and take care of the kids, and she did an excellent job doing that. And see, we had that in the United States back in the 40s and the 50s, and you know, of course, 100 years ago. And but the reality is, is that feminism came into the United States through the Frankfurt School in the 30s, through the cultural Marxism. Yeah, tell tell concentrated...
0: the tell the audience what the Frankfurt School is
1: back in the back in the 20s communism had made it an inroad into into europe the problem is it hit germany and it stopped and it couldn't figure out how to get the germans to embrace communism and the reason that it happened was this the largest demographic entry group into the united states after the civil war were germans in fact you know all the browns all the millers all the smiths were pretty much all german names german heritage so you see that you used to see the white pages in the phone book the page after page after page that brown page after page after page of smith page after page after smith of a, a miller that was schmidt brown and muller they're all german names and what ended up happening is the Communists couldn't get the Germans to embrace communism because so many of their relatives had gone to the United States and embraced you know, capitalism and and embraced being in a republic. And so we were the city on the hill. The United States was the city on the hill that the entire world looked to for leadership and for that standard of living and for the lifestyle that we had here in the United States. And so cultural Marxism was started in Moscow. It came into Switzerland, not Switzerland, I'm sorry, it came into Girth University in Frankfurt and it started working and had group think tanks going on all over Germany trying to figure out why the Germans wouldn't accept communism. And then Hitler came into power in 1933 and he absolutely, absolutely hated the communists. He hated them. And so they knew they had to leave Germany. So they fled to Switzerland. Switzerland didn't want them, so they left and went to Columbia University, in which they infiltrated the university systems and started teaching cultural Marxism, and that was the dissolution of the family unit, and the state was going to be God. No more Christianity. The state was going to be God. And what ended up happening is we ended up in a situation where this group of people then got into all the Ivy League schools and started permeating into the state universities. And that's what we were taught then at Cultural Marxism. That's why they, we have these woke ideologies coming out of these university systems. And, of course, then we had Cloward and Piven. They were out of Berkeley, I believe, or Columbia, I can't remember. And they ended up basically pushing the Cloward and Piven program that would overwhelm the republic with social welfare systems. And then you have you know, the communists like Lyndon Johnson with the Great Society Program, and then we have all the communists like Biden opening up the borders and having all these people coming and flooding into the country and not having the ability to pay for them. But we're doing it, and we're bankrupting the United States. This is all part of cultural marketing. The structure of the republic to the point where it collapses. You, every, when you have 100 people pulling the cart and two people riding in the cart, it's pretty easy to pull the cart. When you have two people pulling the cart and a 100 people riding in the cart, it's not so easy anymore. And that's what we've done in the United States. It's taken 100 years of subversion since the Franklin School entered the United States. They're the ones who brought us Gloria Steinem. They brought us Playboy magazine. They brought us Women's Liberation. They brought us Timothy O'Leary. They brought us drugs and free sex and all the rest. They had tried the free sex already back in the 20s, but they didn't have birth control. So everybody started getting pregnant, and they ended up having orphanages everywhere. And people realized this is not the way to do this. We're having babies everywhere. They're in orphanages. So they had to stop it all back then because they had no way to stop the, you know, they had no contraception programs. Then they, developed, then they developed the pill in the 60s, and they decided to do the free sex all over again. And this has been going on now for 60, 65 years. And so what's happened is we've degraded the society, we, we've degraded it. You know, and I always, I always tell the women, I tell the men this too, I tell everybody on our show, I said, before you do anything, ask yourself three questions. You know, I had, you know, did you, number one, what am I going to do? Number two, what's it doing to me? And number three, is that okay? What am I doing? What's it doing to me? And is that okay? Uh, the other day, I had this girl, this real pretty girl, you know, she contacted me, she's supposed to be a Christian, and told me she's going to start doing burlesque. And I'm like, you mean you're going to be a stripper? Oh, no, no, burlesque is different. I said, uh, okay, maybe in theory, but not in form. I said, what are you doing? I said, you know, you're a Christian. And she goes, oh, no, no, this is just dance. I said, no, it's not. You're stripping off in front of your, you're stripping your clothes off in front of a bunch of guys. And I said, ask yourself what you're doing. What are you doing? You're stripping. What's it doing to you? It's degrading you. And is that okay? No, it's not okay. And of course, you know, that's the last time I've heard from her. But the reality was, that's where the norms are now, Dave. They think it's okay to do this kind of stuff, and the, and the guys are just as bad. I mean, they, they think, how many girls can I have sex with this month or whatever the crazy stuff is. You know, this is, this is just all pure cultural Marxism, and it's debilitated the entire country. I mean, I could tell you story after story of these different ladies that I've gone out with that would blow your mind. I mean, I've got up and walked out of multiple dates because the people were so bizarre. And you start, you start thinking... Where did you come up thinking and believing this stuff? It's, it's, just, it's just the way people are. So here I am, a Christian guy. I love Jesus with all of my heart. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. For this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and I'll be glad in it. But I can't find a Christian woman that has Christian values left, that's not crazy, or who will stick. Because, again, it's like that one girl told me, all the really good Christian women are married. And you think, well, that can't be true. And I know it's not true. I know there's some out there that are good. I got that. They had bad husbands. I got that too. But the problem is trying to find them in a cesspool. It's, it's not a dating pool. Online dating. It's a dating swamp. It's, it's not a pool. It's a swamp. And you get every 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 known creature that's in that swamp, you know, scurrying around. And you're trying not to go out with the creatures that are weird. And see, and this is the problem that we have in cultural Marxism. The women now really believe that, like this woman said the other day, I'm a feminist. I believe that women are superior to men. She said that on her audio recording. I should have made a copy of it. She's not, she said, I believe that women are superior to men. Therefore, men need to be, you know, catered to women. So, what we've turned into is this gynocentric society gynocentrism is what it's called in which that you know the men are starting to worship the women and of course this is exactly what happened in the ancient days with the babylonian religions the ancient canaanite religions the mysteries of babylon and all the rest in which the women were the witches and they were the ones you know like the oracle of delphi and they were coming in and they were telling everybody what to do all the time and they the guys were like submitting to all of this stuff and it's all part of the satanic agenda and witchcraft and all the rest of this stuff it goes back to the Old Testament. It goes back to Adam and Eve. It goes back to what the Jews call an entity called Lilith. All of these different things are basically part of this gynocentric society that we've got ourselves into. And the alpha male in the United States is pretty much dead. Uh, it's, been, it's, been, it's pretty much extinct. An uh, you know, the, 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 the alpha male is a person who's a man who's willing to give his life for his woman or his female. He's willing to work and supply all of her needs financially, physically, spiritually, head of the household as far as a spiritual leader. He's willing to, if somebody tries to attack his wife, he's willing to give his life for the wife. That's an alpha male. It's not some misogynistic pig. So now alpha males are being told they're misogynistic pigs because they're willing to die for their wives. And I'm like, wait a minute. Where do we get this twisted up on all of this stuff? And you you think, well, this is crazy, but but it's it's just, it's just, it's, I'm on a date. I'm going to tell you a couple more dating horror stories. I'm on a date. We're waiting for the table. And I'm I'm standing outside of the Columbia restaurant in Ybor City. And we we got a five, seven, about a a ten minute wait before our table is ready. And I'm talking to this girl and finding out about her. She's a real nice lady. She seems to be rolling the eyes. And also she gets a telephone call. And she schedules another date with another guy on the telephone while she's talking to me. Right in front of me. Oh, man. And, and no, no, this is this, a this, this true story. And, uh, we, and so then she hangs up, schedules a date for two hours later. Happy hour. And I'm like, that's nice. And so I told her, I said, I hope you enjoy your happy hour. Well, yeah, I did. church making all these excuses. And I said, uh, I got to go. She goes, well, we haven't had lunch And I said, we're not having lunch. I said, we're done. And she said, I walked off. I just left. And I, and I thought to myself. Where do people come off of this? You, you, you schedule another date while you're with a date in front of somebody like that? I mean, she could at least excuse herself and going to the bathroom for conversation, but she would do it right in front of me. And then to, to her, that was okay because she lived in a gynocentric world. And so everything was about her, revolved around her. And sadly, Dave, this is not an isolated incident. It happens all the time with guys. And the problem with guys now becomes so cuckold like Will Smith. You saw him slapping Chris Rock for his wife who's been having open affairs with him for the last eight years. You know, all of a sudden he ruins his own reputation, ruins his Hollywood appearance, everything, because of one incident like that. Because he basically has been cuckold by his wife, which means he's being controlled by her via sex. And and the crazy part about all of this stuff is that, you know, we sit back and we watch it and we wonder how in the world this happened. And the reason this happened is we've left the teachings of the Bible. We've left the teachings of the great I am. We've left the teachings. A a male brain is a left brain dominated hemisphere. It deals with logic and reasoning. The female brain, in most cases, is the right brain-dominated hemisphere. It deals with, you know, creative stuff and, you know, and being a mother and all the rest. When you put two people together, they become one flesh in a marriage, you get a complete brain. Just I'm getting a lot of ahas now from a lot of people. That's why you become one. You know, Sharon and I could literally finish each other's sentences. You know, we were working together as a, as a, as a team. Our whole life together. It was amazing, and, and we just we worked together. Her strengths were my weaknesses, and my weaknesses were her strengths. And on and on and on, it basically became this really good synergistic relationship. That's what it means when the Bible says that. The problem is most people won't allow that to happen. The woman takes the leading role in the household, including the spiritual leading role. By the way, I will mention that she's the one taking the kids to church while the husband lays in bed on Sunday morning and doesn't get out of bed. She's the one who takes the kids to church while the husband's out hunting on the, you know, hunting season. Instead of going on Saturday going to church on Sunday, he's got to go hunt on Sunday too. Or he's got to go out to bowling on Sunday morning or whatever he's going to do. And he ignores the spiritual leadership requirement of his, of his priesthood is what he does. And then the woman's being forced to put on this, you know, this full, how should I say, you know, she becomes a spiritual leader in the house. And pretty, you know, pretty soon she's praying, and he's not. She's praying before meals. He's not. The children see that. They don't know what to think of any of this stuff. And so he completely leaves his priestly duties as the high priest of the household. So then she has to usurp his authority by doing that. That's the men's responsibility. Then the same thing happens with the women. The husband has physical needs he has to have. The woman says, well, I'm tired. I don't want to do that. Well, the husband gets frustrated because if men don't have physical relationships, especially over the age of 40 on a regular basis, they have a massive increase in prostate cancer. They don't realize that. Women don't care even if they do realize that in some cases, but in some cases they don't know that's going on. So the man gets very frustrated. He gets a girlfriend. Now the wife says, my husband's running around on me. Well, she never took care of his physical needs. And the same thing happens the other way. The husband doesn't take care of the wife's physical needs. And on and on and on it goes. And so pretty soon they get divorced and they get remarried. same thing happens again because they don't fix anything. The same thing happens again. Then they get divorced, they get married again, and it happens again, and it's over and over and over. The cycle continues because nobody stops to take a look at the scriptural, biblical values associated with being married. And so it's a sad place to be when you get into a situation when you've been married for decades, and you've got a great marriage, and your wife passes away. And suddenly you step into a relationship or you step into a dating situation with someone who's been married two or three times, and you get, then you get to country club women. And ladies, I'm not picking on you today. It's just that I don't date guys, as you well know. I'm an alpha male. I don't really – that to me is kind of – is just nauseating to me. And nowadays you run into that crazy crap too. But what happens is you end up in a situation where a woman gets two or three divorces. She has two or three settlements, and she has a lifestyle in country clubs that's $10,000, $20,000 a month. And don't argue with me because I've seen it. And she wants to get married to somebody else because she's running out of money. She wants another settlement to maintain her country club lifestyle because she wants to play her tennis and her pickleball every day. I've seen that repeatedly. And I, and you sit back and you go, wait a minute. Is it really like that? Yeah, it really is. And I remember years ago, you know, when Sharon was still alive, I remember I had a few guys contact me one time. and said, can you tell me how you have, to, how you have such a great wife and what do I do from a dating standpoint? And I gave them some advice which, you know, at this point in my life, now I realize all turned out to be extremely erroneous. And I realize now that it's not what you think it is. It's not by power. It's not by might. It's not by how many guys or how many girls you go out with as far as ladies and gentlemen. It's not. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And you've got to pray, and you've got to believe like it's all up to God. You've got to work like it's all up to you, and you still have to go out. But you've got to realize there are certain behavioral patterns that you can't deal with, that you can't take. And then you, get, then you run into the ones who have a self-esteem issue. And you try to be nice to them. They don't know what to do because the only person they've ever been attracted to are bad boys. that treat them like dirt and run around on them constantly. And suddenly they self-sabotage and tell themselves they're not worthy of a guy who's actually going to take care of them and treat them like a lady. And they self-sabotage and they run off. And they for no reason, you you never get a reason why. I call them the shooting stars. They're the ones that last three or four days, maybe a week or two, and suddenly they're gone. And they're off to find some other crazy guy who's going to treat them like garbage. And you think, well, why would they do that? My question and my question, my, my answer to that is I have no idea because that's the same question I have. I don't know why they do that. I guess the self-esteem. It has to deal with a, a reticulator, activator. It has to do with all of this self-talk they've given themselves for the 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years they've been single or whatever it is. And so what ends up happening is they've told themselves repeatedly what they're attracted to. They've self-sabotaged themselves. And so they have enough negative self-talk that, you know, when they finally get into a good relationship, they have to find a way to destroy it. So you deal with all that stuff, too. So it's an interesting world that we live in. It's an interesting world that we're part of. And it's an interesting world that, you know, we're stuck in. But the sad part about it is if we don't realize that very, very quickly, then we can't make adjustments. And so that's why I realize, and I thank God all the time, how blessed we are and how blessed I am, how blessed Sharon and I were to have been married for decades with this incredibly good marriage. And then I realized that it's possible to do that again. But it takes two people to want to do that. If a person doesn't want to have a good marriage, if they don't want to have a good relationship with one another, they don't have to have that.
0: Yeah, because I would interject this, though. I would say it's not that it takes two people to do it. It takes two healthy people to do it. And what you've described is an endless string of instability on the women you've met.
1: And that's why they're single. That's, you're exactly right. That's why they're single. And you know, it's, like I said, that's it's not a it's not a dating pool, it's a dating swamp.
0: But the guys, the guys are not much different. Let me tell you what. Let me no, tell no, you where no, the, guys no, are, no, the guys are, though. The, uh, and, and this is something I've done some research on. A lot of guys don't want to be married. In fact, we have record number of unmarried people at forty, and the birth rate has plummeted in this country to our detriment. But the bottom line is, is the marriage laws totally favor the women. And And the guys are tired of living in this upside down uh, situation, so they choose to have uh, lack of monogamy. Uh, fidelity uh, is not in their vocabulary and they just have one-night stands, and they don't commit, and this is part of the reason we're in the mess we're in. This is, this is part of the Maoist Cultural Revolution that's been brought to America. Overturn everything traditional that has worked, and, and now we're going down an ungodly path.
1: No, that's the Frankfurt School. It's, it's communist. It's Marxism. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, and, and that's what they've done. And, 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 and it seeded itself in over 100 years, almost 100 years, and, and it's, taken, it's taken root. It's, 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 it's ugly root has basically sprouted a bunch of little sprigs, and the sprigs have turned into giant trees everywhere. And these trees now are dominating the landscape. And that's, that's what we have out there. And, and you're absolutely right, Dave. It's just the, 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 the gynocentric laws for women in divorces as far as a woman's married to a guy for four years. This guy's got a good net worth. She basically gets tired of being married to him. Now she comes after half the assets. And it took him a lifetime to acquire these assets. She gets them after four years. She gets half of it. And that's what I said. It's the country club ladies. I've had multiple country club ladies, you know, propose to me, Honestly. Over the over the past year, and, I, and I'm like, no, I don't want to do that because they want to have another person they can be married to for a few years and get another settlement. That's why I mentioned that earlier. And, and, and this and this is the, and this is the new way now for the, some of these women to obtain you know a very large net worth and have the ability to have this lifestyle. I mean, perfect example. I'll give you I'll give you an actual number. I Met this girl. She'd been married, okay. She, and she ended up basically abandoning her husband. He got him a He got him a girlfriend. And then she ended up getting divorced from him. She got herself a million dollar home paid for, got herself a new Mercedes convertible paid for, and got herself uh, twelve thousand five hundred dollars a month, period, tax free every single month in alimony for the rest of her life. That was a settlement. That wasn't enough for her. You know, I, I started going out with her. And I, you know, luckily by the grace of God, I went out with her like one week, and then all of a sudden I realized that she was short about ten thousand a month in maintaining her country club lifestyle, that her country club dues, she had multiple, multiple country clubs out in Palm Beach she was part of, multiple, her country club dues were about 10000 a month okay. what she was paying for country club dues. And so the 12500 would not allow her to pay property taxes and feed herself, so she needed additional money every single month in order just to maintain her country club dues. And I told her, I said, you know, why don't you just cut back on your lifestyle? Like, duh, right? And her response was, I'll never do that. I'll never cut back on my lifestyle. In other words, what she was saying is I'll find somebody else that'll subsidize my lifestyle, which obviously was not me because it was like a week and I was done. But the reality is, is that this is the mindset of a lot of women because, like you said, the divorce laws are so out; of, they're so skewed in favor of the woman. And so we have a situation when we sit back and we watch it all, and we kind of just laugh about it and we go, "How in the world could have got? Could it have gotten like this?" How in the world could we be in a situation where it's like this? That's because we left the ways of God, and we start seeking the desires of the flesh more than we do the desires of God. We start looking at our lifestyle as something to be, you know, promoted and acquired and celebrated rather than celebrating the most high god we start using our lifestyle the things that we've acquired as idols in order to basically be celebrate to celebrate these things and in essence we're not celebrating anything but the things of the flesh god doesn't mind you having a nice house he doesn't mind you having a nice car he doesn't mind you having nice furniture what he minds is those things becoming idols to you, and you no longer seeing him as the number one thing in your life. He doesn't mind you having stuff. He just doesn't want the stuff having you. That's why thou shalt have no other gods before me. I have seen women who make their... Now, I'm going to get a lot of people really mad right now, and I don't care. Okay? You need to listen to me for a second, all of you, both men and women. This goes both directions. They turn their animals, their pets, and their cats and their dogs into humans, metaphorically. And they treat their dogs and their cats like they're human beings. They'll push a stroller with a dog in the stroller dressed like a baby. Okay, I've seen it. And these women look at their animals and their pets more affectionately than they do their husbands or their dates. And everything centers around the dog. Everything centers around the cat. And you think, wait a minute. This isn't of God. These are animals. You know, People have pet pigs they treat like this. And you think to yourself, why are you doing this? You know, you can't go out on a date because your puppy has kennel cough. Well, you know, you can put the puppy in the vet's office for a couple of days and go out on a date and let the vet treat him better than you can anyhow at home. But you want to sit there and lament because the dog has kennel cough, so you're going to break a date. And you're not going to go out with somebody. And you're going to put the dog in front of them. I went out with this one girl. True story. I drove down to see her. I needed something to eat because I want to get my blood sugar stabilized. She was taking care of these two dogs. And she had fixed six meals for the one dog that had diabetes. They had spent $50,000 in keeping this dog alive. He actually had a monitor on him that they could plug into the computer and go to the Shams Hospital in Gainesville for their vet clinic there to monitor blood sugar. $50,000. The dog had severe diabetes, and they were keeping it alive. And she had made this dog six meals. And I came into the kitchen, and I said, can I get some eggs from you? No, I'm busy now with this dog. Well, you already know how that relationship when I was done. But I, so I, I cooked my own eggs. I thought, this is crazy. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm, I'm here. This girl's supposed to be my girlfriend, and I'm visiting her, and I'm saying hi. And I get there, and I'm hungry, but it didn't make any difference. The dog took precedence over that. You know, I've got... You know I've got floors in the house that are stone, and I, you can't have animals on the stone floors because if they urinate on them, it penetrates your stone. And I told her, I said, the dog can't come in the house. He'd stay on the back porch. Oh, no, I can't date you if my dog can't come in your house. I said, so you're telling me you can't date me if the dog can't come in my house? And the dog urinated everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. It, it urinated on the carpets. It urinated on the floors. It urinated everywhere. I said, so your dog, if I tell you your dog can't come into my house and urinate on my stone floors, you're telling me you're not going to date me. Nope, I won't date you. And like, even though I tell you the dog can urinate on the back porch on concrete, and that's okay, but you have to have it in the house on the stone floors. Yes, and that was the end of that one. And you think I'm joking, but I'm not, Dave. These are stories that have actually happened to me personally. Yeah. And you think, wow, it can't be that bad. It's that bad. And you sit back and you go, wow, how do you, you get like this? Well, because guys have become so, how should I say, cuckold. The guys have become so you know, marginalized guys that become such pawns in the hands of these women who know how to manipulate them, that the guys allow this type of behavior to continue over and over and over and over again. And the women don't know any better because that's how they've always been treated. That's what they think is normal. And the guys just tolerate it. Because there are no alpha males left. And you know, and if the men just said, No, I don't think I'm going to do that, you can't bring the dog house which is exactly what I told her, then of course we broke up. I'm just over stuff like that. And you think, well that's crazy. Well no, it's not crazy. If you've got a stone floor and it gets urine on it, and then you've got to now you've got to break the stone, the two by two tile out, just to get, her, get to get to have it replaced because you can't get the urine stain out of it. Why do I want to do that on a girl that may be here for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, or six weeks or six months? Now I got a permanent stain, you know, on the floor. But they don't think through the fact that you know you don't want to have that in your house, or they'll, or they'll bring the animals in to scratch the hardwood floors, and on and on and on it goes. And you know, don't get me wrong, I love animals. I do. We had giant Alaska Malamutes. And, I, and, and Sharon to have these have this, this big dog in our house when we moved here. By the, back then, we had white tile with white grout. And after about six months, the tile was still white. The grout was black. And so we're out there scrubbing grout all the time. Finally, I looked at her. I said, why are we doing this for a dog in the house that I don't want in the house anyhow? She goes, you're right. I had it. Dog goes outside. Dog was on the back porch. Finally, we kept the dog a couple more years. We realized it was just too much work, too much maintenance. We had somebody who wanted to adopt the dog, so we had him adopted, and he was gone. He's happy to go. And so it's an animal, but people don't do that. They become their pets. They become their pets, and they become their children. I've seen it over and over. The guy wants the dog to sleep on the bed with him at night. The wife doesn't want it. The wife wants the dog to sleep on the bed with him every night. The husband doesn't want it. doesn't make a difference. The dog ends up on the bed, or they fight. On and on and on it goes. And see, that's the big problem. We're pets. And then, of course, you got children. And I got that. A mama bear is going to take care of her cubs. I got that. All right? And so you have children that stay sick all the time. And then the husband and, and, or the boyfriend has to deal with the, the, the sick children all the time. That's why so many dating apps say, children, yes or no, this is a deal breaker. And, and, and the sad part about it is, is that it, that doesn't have to be that way either. You know, they can work together with the kids. But on it goes. And the, and the mother looks at it this way. Well, I don't know if this band's going to be around for very long, so my kids are my priority. I remember Dr. Phil. I, I don't watch the guy because I think he's – well, I'm not going to say anything negative about him. But he had one guy had a show on there one day and they had a husband and wife they were doing counseling. And he asked the wife, he goes, what's the most important thing in your life? And she goes, it's my children. And he goes, wrong answer. He goes, if you're a Christian, the most important thing in your life will be your God – If it's not, it should be your husband or your wife or your spouse, period. And you will never be able to have a good marriage if your children come in front of your spouse. And that's the truth. And I'll say it another way. You're never going to have a good marriage if your animals come in front of your spouse or if your mother-in-law comes in front of your spouse or if the in-laws come in front of your spouse. It doesn't work that way. You're supposed to leave all that stuff and become one flesh with your husband. That's what makes it work. If the wife has to call her mother up for three hours every day and spends no time with her husband, that's the problem. If the husband has to call up his, mo- his wife every- or his mother every day and spend- instead of spending time with his spouse, that's the problem. The other day, I went out with this young girl, this, the one, the one young, this, this woman, and she ended up basically, uh, she told me that she'd gone on a date, on this dating app, and the guy shows up with his mother on the date. I'm not joking. Shows up with his mother on the date. The second date, the mother doesn't show up. The third and fourth date, the mother shows up again. The lady goes, "I said I'm done. I've had enough." The mother comes to the date, and you're thinking, and "He still lives with the mother, by the way." So you ask yourself a question: Are there any guys over the age of forty who don't live in their mother's basement? And that's what one girl asked me. Yeah, I don't want you if you're living in your mother's basement. I don't want to date you. And I stop and I think, Has it gotten this bad? And you realize that that's what yeah, you it said. Has, has. 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 It has. It has gotten that bad. And so, yeah. so, so you're so you're in the swamp trying to find somebody. And it, see again, and we talk about this on the show. When you leave the relationship with Jesus and the Most High God, and you don't have him as the pinnacle of your faith and the pinnacle of your commitment, it has to be God, then it has to be your spouse, not your children first, your spouse first. Because the children are going to leave, and you're going to be at 18, they're going to hit the road, go to college or whatever, then you're going to be left with your spouse. So if you don't maintain that relationship, Sharon and I went on dates every week two or three times. I'd take her to lunch. I'd take her to dinner. I'd take her to the movies. I'd take her everywhere. I took her to the airplane. We flew all over the country together. You know, I'm a pilot. I did all that stuff with her. And you know, I was teaching her how to fly. I was teaching her how to land the plane. I was teaching her the, you know, all of this stuff. And so the reality was we had this whole life together that had been intertwined. And so it wasn't my life. It wasn't her life anymore. It was our life together. It was amazing. It was. But we always put the relationship first. Now, I'm going to say something here that's personal. Sharon had gone through a bad marriage to start with before she married me. I had gone through a bad marriage before I married her. And the truth was, we both had been involved in a bad marriage. And we both committed to ourselves and to each other that we were never going to allow the things that happened in that marriage to happen to us. And that's what we never did. So we made sure that we maintained a relationship and we went on dates and all the other things. I always held hands. I always kissed her all the time. I, all the time I'm kissing her all the time I'm holding her hand people thought we were newlyweds I mean they, they did had no idea I just tell everyone she's my girlfriend you know, after, you know, after three decades of marriage I guess she better be my girlfriend and, all with, and Zig Ziglar said it this way Dave he said if you fall out of love with your spouse he said start doing the very things that you did to start with to fall in love with your spouse and you will fall in love with her again he called it courtship after marriage and that's what Sharon and I practiced all the time that's why we constantly went on dates. And, 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 we, and here's the other thing. I'm going to give you another, another hint here on a good marriage. It has to be 100% reciprocity, both directions. So if I am dating you and I say, let's jump in the hot tub, okay? Okay, let's hop in the hot tub. If I'm dating you and you say, let's jump in the hot tub, okay, let's jump in the hot tub. If you say, okay, let's go do this. Well, I don't want to do this. I want to do that. Let's okay, let's do this, and then go let's do that. You give each other. A, you don't do 50/50, because then you fight. You reciprocate with each other, and, and you and you learn very very quickly if you do that then the relationship just gets better and better and better and more galvanized over time. And pretty soon you become that one flesh that the Bible talks about. And then you're more, her, her rewards are more important than your rewards. And your rewards are more important than her rewards to her. And so suddenly you're giving each other 100% all the time. And you never fight. I mean, we would go for years and never get into an argument. I mean, until, until she went to menopause, that was a whole different story, but we won't go no, there. No, the no, 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 no. No, we've developed a menopausal program at Health Masters, and it's, 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 that's what it's for, menopausal support. And we developed that specifically for her, and after two weeks on that, her menopausal symptoms went away. She started doing great. But the reality is, is this. That's a hormonal issue. That's different. But the thing about it is... If you have the ability to have a great marriage, if you have the ability to have a great relationship with someone, why don't you work towards that relationship? The biggest problem, though, Dave, is people aren't reciprocal. It's always about them. It's always about what they want, not what they need. Well, that's as a
0: what society teaches.
1: Well, no, and that's what society teaches. You know, and, and I, you know, it's just so you say to someone, "Let's hop in the hot tub." I don't want to do that. Well, you're my girlfriend. Who do you want me to hop in the hot tub with? Oh, oh okay, well, I'll get in the hot tub. But they belabor it. it or I want to go to the movies and to see Top Gun Maverick. And, and, and you go, well, I don't want to do that. Well, I told Sharon, I said, let's go see Top Gun Maverick. We saw it multiple times before she passed away. The reality is, is that she wanted to go watch a chick flick. I said, oh, God. okay, let's watch a chick flick. I don't like chick flicks, okay? I'm not that kind of guy. But I would watch a chick flick with her because she wouldn't see Top of Maverick with me. And, and so all these different things, would, we would work together as a team and we'd pull together as a unit. And that really works. the yeah. same thing. Now, 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 one other thing, I'll say one other thing too. A lot of it has to do with health too. If a guy gets on high blood pressure medicine now he becomes impotent, that's the problem. If a woman gets on hormones and now she becomes, you know, her, her libido goes to nothing, that's the problem. That's why you need to stay on a good, healthy supplement program the whole time that you're basically together. That way the guy will maintain his...
0: Well, what does that include? What does that include?
1: Well, you've you got to be on a multiple. you got to be on cod Liver oil to keep the blood thin. you got to be on vitamin E to keep the blood thin. You've got to be on zinc every single day. We've got a product that's called HGH Stimulate. It's like a natural Viagra product. It doesn't make you go blind and deaf. It's amazing. It's because but Viagra will cause audio, nerve, and optic nerve degradation. It can make you go blind and deaf. Just thought I'd mention that. And then you've got to realize that you've got to stay away from chemicals in the food supply. You've got to keep your weight in check. You've got to exercise every single day. You've got to maintain cardiovascular integrity if you want to function from a physical standpoint. All of these things have to be done on an ongoing basis in order to maintain the relationship. Because if somebody's sick all the time, they don't want to have a physical relationship with their husband or with their wife because they're sick they got all kinds of health problems, or they're on medications that prevent that. And, again, that's another reason the Rockefeller Rothschild petrochemical industry has done what they've done with pharmacia. They've destroyed a lot of marriages because they've made the guys impotent, and they've, and they've, and they've made the woman frigid, and nobody wants to have a relationship with anybody any else any longer. And so the guy starts looking around, the woman starts looking around, and that causes a real problem, too. And, I'm, and, and, and the same thing with social media. And I'm, I'm going to fuss for a minute now. If you're on Facebook all the time, talking to your old girlfriends from high school and college, and you're married, I don't care if you're a man or woman, shame on you. Shame on you if you're talking to old boyfriends and girlfriends on Facebook. Don't, you have no reason to do that if you're married. I never looked at another woman all the years that I was married to Sharon. I didn't do that. I never touched another woman's hand or held another woman's hand or kissed another woman. I never did any of that stuff for all the years that I was married. I had eyes only for my spouse. The problem with social media, Dave, is it programs people that you can have a relationship outside of marriage. You see these girls on these dating apps. I'm married, but my husband knows I'm here. And you're like, what's wrong with you? Are you that culturally deprived that you have to have an open marriage? And I've learned that that's very, very common nowadays. And you're like, how did that happen? But, see, that kind of stuff happens all the time. Or the woman's still married, and now she's dating, and they're in the process of a divorce, which may take another four or five years, and you're like, I don't want to marry you. If I don't want to date you if you're still married. And all of this stuff happens. That's why I've got on my dating application, I said, if you're married, don't contact me. If you're a stalker, don't contact me. If you have more than one or two glasses of wine every week, don't contact me. If the only vocabulary you have are four-letter words, don't contact me. I say all that, I say that all out, just like that on my dating thing. I say, yeah. don't I don't want to deal with you, bitch. You're, yeah. You're nuts.
0: I want to put a cap on this because I want to do something else before we go. But For I'd sure. say this, this is how your birth rate ends up being 1.6 and it's 2.1 to maintain. No nation has ever come back from less than 1.8, ever and immigration is not going to cover it because for the most part we're getting people from a third to sixth grade education. They're not being acculturized. They're not being naturalized as we used to do, like on my dad's side of the family. So they're not going to be Americans. They're going to have enclaves of foreigners not loyal to the system. And meanwhile, our birth rate plummets. That affects our ability to provide Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and every other kind of welfare program we're trying to support. So we go broke and 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 our immorality that you've really detailed what's going on here, our lack of uh, fidelity in marriage, has ended up undermining our entire society, including our birth rate. And the only way back is through God. But when you tell people that, eh, none of that God stuff for me. Ted, I want to ask your opinion on um, uh, what do you think is going to happen when Trump is kept off the ballot? And I think that is probably becoming an increasing possibility.
1: You know, I don't know. You know, the U.S. Supreme Court is going to have to go in and basically rule this. I have no confidence in them, none. I, I, I didn't say I had confidence in them, but I will say I, I will say that Trump, Trump stacked them pretty well, and you know they did get rid of the abortion stuff Roe v. Wade, but they really didn't. They turned it back over to the states. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that the Supreme Court. I think that they're going to stop a lot of this because it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be a zip stream. But remember though, Dave. Trump gave us Operation Warp Speed. He's the one who closed down the economy. He's the one who he's the one who carpet bombed the United States. Okay, Joe Biden just continued with Trump's Operation Warp Speed and the pushing of the vaccines. So you know, Donald Trump is still promoting vaccines to this day. Knowing even though he knows how dangerous they are because I know people that have spoken to him personally and told him that, and they told me they have given him the information. It doesn't matter. He doesn't care because he's all into the vaccines. Operation Warp Speed, he still thinks he saved millions of lives and didn't kill millions of lives, and he shut down all these businesses all over the United States, and he wanted to be the most pro-gay president in the history of the White House, and the list just goes on and on and on. Otto Kahn said about 100 years ago, he's one of the founding members of the coup lead of the Federal Reserve Bank of the United States, that the Kabbalist Luciferian synagogue of Satan okay? this, is the, this is the Kabbalist group that basically came from the ancient Canaanite religions of child sacrifice It's a sex death cult is what it is he says that they control the world they hold it by its axis and they control both the Republican and the Democratic Party that was over 100 years ago he said that And they do it for their desired outcome. This is the world bankers, the international banking cartel, the Rothschild boys, and all their satanic cohorts. The same thing that Jesus said in the book of John, that their devil, their father is Lucifer. They consider themselves to be the benign, Dean Nephilim, sons of the fallen. This is the thirty three degree Mason. It's a thirty three number is picked because a third of the angels fell, a third of creation fell and rebelled against God. I did a whole series called Angel Wars, and I talk about the pre Adamic race when it happened and what happened with Lucifer when he was tried. It's on our website. It's called Angel Wars. You guys need to listen to that. And so a third is the thirty three degree Mason. That's the highest level of the thirty three degree Mason. They're told basically they have to abandon Christianity and they've got to follow Lucifer. All of these things happen for a reason. That's why the number thirty three is used. A third of creation. Fell. When you understand that these are the groups that are running the planet, along with the benign Nephilim, sons of the fallen, they consider themselves to be the very progeny of Lucifer. They consider Cain to be the progeny of Lucifer. They consider themselves to be in the Cain bloodline. And they also consider the fact that they're going to rebuild the third temple, take the spear of destiny, take their Antichrist into the Holy of Holies, and pierce him with that, basically spill his blood on the altar, and bring him out on the temple steps and declare himself God. That's what they want. That's why they're pushing so hard to rebuild the third temple. The Christians behind that movement are nuts because they want they want to have the rapture. They want to have Satan unleashed on the earth. They want to sit up in the heavenly grandstands and applaud, I guess, and watch the earth go to hell and back. They think that they're going to be able to do all of that. The problem, and I always ask them this. You believe in a pre-trib rapture, but I see just as much equal evidence for a mid-trib rapture and a post-trib mm-hmm. rapture and for no rapture whatsoever. So if you're wrong and you bring the Antichrist onto the planet and you're dealing with what's going to happen here too, why in the world do you think it's okay? And why in the world do you think that children and women and Christians and gods are going to be machine gunned and slaughtered like they have been by the tens of thousands and Jesus approves of that? That's my question to you guys who want to approve of all this stuff. And if you want to rebuild a third temple and have the Antichrist come out of it because you want to push the end times, why do you think you have the right to do that? Why don't you let Scripture be fulfilled on its own with God's timing, rather than somebody else, a human being trying to push it? So i would mention all that, too. So all of these things are signs of the ends of the times. And, and, you know, and the thing about it is, is this. You know, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, and he said it is finished, you know, the entire planet started coming apart with earthquakes. God the Father, in my opinion, had to step in and stop the planet from coming apart. That's what he had to do. Because remember, Jesus created the heavens and the earth, and it was through him all things were held together. And then the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. And that's what we don't understand as Christians, and the globalists understand that because they're Luciferians. They realize that if the Christians coalesce again, they come together through a great revival, that what's going to happen is when we learn what prayer will do and how it changes the fabric of space-time, we can turn this thing backwards the way it's supposed to be. The problem is, is that they've come up with cultural Marxism now. They control the TVs. They control the media. They control everything, but it doesn't make any difference. My God says that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me, and it dwells in you, David, and it dwells in all the listeners that accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So we need to pray in aggregate, and I pray for our listeners every single day, that they stand firm. Because in Ephesians, it says to put on the full armor of God and to stand your ground. It says, use those words, you stand your ground and you don't back up. You don't allow them to put a spirit of fear in you because fear is the mind killer. It is the spirit killer. You can't have a spirit of faith and a spirit of fear at the same time. So to me, we, when Jesus Christ said it's finished. That's a fact. It's what happened. It's done. Because Calvary changed everything, but they're trying to erase the very fact that Jesus existed and what he did. And they're coming in with this TV stuff, and they're doing all this stuff. Look at Christmas. I remember back in the 60s, they started saying, Merry Xmas. Remember all that mess? Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. We all pitched a fit. Said, no, it's not Xmas, it's Christmas. It didn't matter. Because the globalists who are basically running the planet, they ain't Christians. And they don't want the mention of Christ. And they don't want you calling on Jesus, because they're afraid he's going to show up because they know what he is and they know who he is and they know that through him all things are held together and they don't want him showing up and then send him into the pit you know like he did those demons and those those, those demons and those pigs they don't want him doing that so they're scared of that name of Jesus that's why we've got to be proclaiming his name everywhere and now we have the birth of Christ coming up with Christmas holidays here and we begin to realize that the globals don't want that anymore. You go to New York City, you won't see any Christmas things except for Rockefeller Center and Trump Plaza. They don't exist. They, they, they have Christmas decorations up, but they're basically not anything to do with the manger scene or with Jesus or with shepherds or with the or the angels sing on high. They don't have any of that stuff there because it's a secular state, it's, and it's controlled by because that whole the whole theater industry in, in, in New York is controlled by the gay mafia up there. And people don't realize how bad it is and how secular it is. I even didn't realize how bad it is day until I got back out into the dating scene. And I started seeing all the damage that had been done to the women and to the men out there that are dating and how secularized everything has become. And it's sad to me that we're in a situation like this, that we have lost our first love, we have stepped away from what Jesus has done, and we continue to walk in basically sickness and shame and disease and rebellion against God Almighty, the creator of the heavens and the earth, because we've been lied to with cultural Marxism and we've been brainwashed with social media. And the sad part about it is, unless we as a Christian nation, as that we once were, okay, Barack Obama said it right, we're not a Christian nation. We were at one time, we're not anymore. As much as I dislike him, because he's another Marxist, as much as I dislike him, I realized that he was just being used by the Antichrist, as is Joe Biden. And remember, Donald Trump, is also part of the narrative that Otto Kahn talked about, the yin and the yang. They use, they, use, they, they use capitalism and communism as anchors against each other to pit these forces against each other to control the narrative to get their desired outcome, and that's to bring in the Antichrist. And when you understand that, it becomes a spiritual fight. And until you make it a spiritual fight, it's a battle we can't win because we can win a spiritual battle because we have that victory because of Calvary. Always remember that, friends, is that we have the ability... To do whatever we pray because we create scalar energy which changes the fabric of space time because if we are in a blood covenant with the Most High God through Jesus, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But they have erased that memory, and that's why Christian. The Christian influence in the United States is so limited now because so much of it has been changed out with the name of yeah. claim it claimant Blabby Ted, no?
0: Ted, I'm not going
1: it, to... Here's
0: the bottom line with all this, though. The bottom line is, is there's enough information out there, enough opportunity people can still live the correct life they can still make the right decision and and there's a point where we need to stop blaming the media they are what they are and start holding people accountable and that's because that's what the lord's going to do at judgment day if you're a friend of the world you're going to have a problem at judgment day uh ted we're just about out of time um i just and and you represent health masters we got about 20 seconds here uh, tell us, and I think the coupon code is 5, F-I-V-E.
1: It is. It is. And, and
0: so what I want to do here is is just tell people. Let me, in fact, let me close it up here because we're out of time. The bottom line is, people, is you got to put stuff in your body that's healthy, not the processed crap they're feeding us. And Health Masters is where you want to go. I know I've overcome two maladies. You know, diabetes, not diabetic anymore. Uh, had a need for a knee surgery, didn't have to have the knee surgery, and Dr. Ted got me out of both of those. And ladies and gentlemen, you can go to healthmasters.com and the coupon code is five F I V E. I appreciate you opening up and bearing your soul on all this. Uh, but unfortunately we are out of time. We gotta run. But uh, we're not gonna wait so long to have you back on again.
1: Thank you, Dave. If if people want to email me, they can call me, they can email me at ask Dr. Ted B. At yahoo.com, ask Dr. Ted B at yahoo.com and I'll get through.
0: That's right. Ted, thanks a lot, my friend.
1: Thanks, bye, bye.
0: Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control? Knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available. And that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call buryyourgold.com. And what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground. And you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold. Not in false walls, but underground. It will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to buryyourgold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.